machine vision for national defense. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Dr. Whitney Mason. In pixel image processing, program manager in the Microsystems Technology Office at DARPA. Welcome, Dr. Mason. Thank you. It's nice to be here. What is DARPA's mission and what are some of the maybe non-secret programs in which you're involved? DARPA stands for a Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. And probably the most important word is projects. We have projects that focus on the benefit to national security. My career has been spent in imaging, uh, and it's a really great time uh, for imaging sensors right now because the technology is advanced and we can start thinking about making cameras that act like the brain. What some people don't know is that a lot of processing actually goes on initially right in our eye. Everybody thinks that all of the information flows back into your brain and that's where the processing happens, but actually processing happens in the eye. Your eye has the equivalent of about 130 million pixels, but your brain only processes about 1% of those. And so a lot of the projects that I'm involved in right now are trying to make that connection between processing at the, at the eye and how the processing happens in the brain. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. Tell us about the artificial intelligence exploration effort and how it differs from maybe standard uh, DARPA program. So the artificial uh, intelligence exploration is, a, is an umbrella um, and we fund kind of small projects, very rapid projects, 18 months, to really look at very high risk, high payoff ideas um, to, to break the paradigm of, of artificial intelligence for, for third wave artificial intelligence. In the past, um, machine learning was really about statistical machine learning uh, using models uh, and existing data. Right now, we're trying to make that be more predictive so that you can understand what's going to happen and you can start having actual intelligence out at the edge. Explain pixel intelligence processing or IP2 and the benefits this technology may offer to image recognition. So um, there's two problems uh, that you have when you think about doing image processing or any sort of processing uh, at the edge. Uh, and the first is you have to deal with power and latency. Uh, and that's very hard because power and latency are orthogonal to one another. The faster you want to be, the more power it actually takes. Uh, the other problem uh, is accuracy. The reason that most uh, machine learning happens in the cloud uh, is because it takes billions of inferences uh, and vast quantities of memory uh, in order to process that data. And it, and it doesn't happen in real time. It's not instantaneous. It takes some period of time. So. When trying to put it at the edge, you have to deal with all the high dimensionality data and then the high dimensionality of the, the processing. Neural nets uh, typically take uh, all of this, this um, all of these inferences. They have to do have all of these parameters in order to have high accuracy. What we're trying to do in IP2 is put the front end of the, the algorithm, think of this as the first layer maybe of a neural net, right at the pixel to reduce the information right at the source, which helps with the power and latency. 
And then we're going to make a smart uh, AI at the back end that can deal with this, what I call sparsified data set, uh, in order to incorporate uh, high accuracy, uh, about 10x uh, less complex, 10x less computations than when we done in a traditional, very high accuracy um, uh, neural net algorithm. How do you operate in defense applications when internet connectivity is limited in the field? Oh gosh, that is a, a great question. Um, that is a really great question. And that's exactly why operations at the edge are so important, right? The idea of passing all of that data back to a cloud so that a decision can be made eventually, right? And then passed back to you. Um, think of a, of a self-driving car as just the most um, uh, simplistic example of how this would work. Can you imagine if the car was driving down the road and it had to pass information back to, to Amazon Cloud someplace to say, should I stop the car or not? And then pass that data back. You know, we would be moving uh, at the speed of molasses in order to get something to work. So that's why we really have to have this, this processing uh, at the edge um, to make us be fast, to make faster decisions uh, and hopefully better decisions uh, and make the soldier and, and anyone uh, more safe. What are some of the remaining technical challenges besides that? Oh, gosh, there's so many, right? So um, let's just say that IP2 was completely successful, um, where I'm going to define success as the ability to um, have low power and low latency uh, object tracking, right? And, and then I'm going to put it in a car. Uh, are you going to trust that, right? Are you going to understand how that works? Are you going to feel good about the, the things that are going on? I just read an article this morning uh, about when is AI going to take over the world because, because AI might not be as smart as we are, right? But it is so many orders of magnitude faster than we are. That means that it can be making decisions so much faster. So creating trust uh, and understanding, know exactly what would happen when you would deploy these algorithms out at the edge is just such a critical question uh, to be able to, to answer. Um, and then, right, making sure you don't get hacked, right? Making sure that somebody doesn't take over um, your, your AI. We have programs at DARPA looking at exactly that. How do you um, hacker-proof your algorithms? How do you, you make your, your AI safe from the outside world? There are so many things to do before we can actually deploy this out in the real world, but it's a super exciting time to be uh, involved in this sort of research. What applications and maybe use cases might benefit most from IP2? So where I think this is particularly valuable is for where a person is not going to be involved uh, in the decision. A lot of image processing in the past has really been about image quality and making your images more, more attractive um, for, for a person um, to look at. But if you go back to the self-driving car, right, the sensors aren't presenting information to the driver. They're presenting information to the car to direct those sort of operations. So places where image, where image information is more important than image quality are the places that this is going to be super valuable, right? So self-driving cars, any sort of autonomous vehicle, any sort of robotic um, uh, 
um, system that uses particularly imaging. I, I picked imaging because I'm an imaging person, but we also, but also because the data is so huge. You get like 30 gigabits per second uh, of information, which is just an enormous amount of information to process. So if you can do this uh, from an imaging sensor, then you should be able to deploy this other places. But any place where a person is not involved um, in the decision, um, I'll call it arriving, right? You might always wanna have a person come in and say, yes, that's the right answer, do this, do that. Um, but at least to be able to, to give you um, options very fast at the edge, uh, I think is where this is going to be particularly important. Dr. Whitney Mason, InPixel Image Processing Program Manager in the Microsystems Technology Office at DARPA. If somebody wants to learn more about the work that you guys are doing, what's the best way they can do that, Whitney? Please go to our website, www.darpa.mil. Interesting times. Thanks again for joining us, Whitney. My pleasure, thank you. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.